0: Welcome to the interview on the Raptors Republic Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Damelin, and we have a really special guest on the line. With Dewan Hernandez out of Miami about to enter his second season under the Raptors umbrella, we have his college head coach, Jim Larenega. He has been coaching for 50 years at the college level. He started at Miami in 2011, and he's led a, a number of players into the NBA. And with Miami, he's made four NCAA tournament appearances, including two to the Sweet 16, among a number of other accolades. Coach Larinaga, how are you? I'm
1: good, Andrew. I'm uh, appreciative that you would call me to talk about my man, DeWan.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely seems like he's your man, and it's it was, it's really interesting to me because the guy was a top twenty prospect coming out of high school in the Miami area, and he had offers from all of the big big time schools: Kansas, North Carolina, South Carolina, and he ended up choosing to he ended up choosing Miami. And I'm just wondering, you know, as a coach out of college, you're you're also kind of a salesman, and I I wanted to know what was your sales pitch to DeWan to choose Miami over all of these big time programs. Well, first of all, if you ever check out any of Dewan's tattoos, check out the one that says the
1: 305. Yeah. That's our area code. Dewan is a huge Miami person. He would come to our University of Miami football games. Back when he was like in the ninth, tenth grade, he'd call and say, hey, coach, can you leave me tickets for the football? He's one of his, his really close friends came to Miami. He followed Miami very, very closely. We got to know him, my staff, especially my assistant coach, my associate head coach, uh, Chris Caputo. We started following DeWan and his career very early on. We identified him as a young big man that was going to be a terrific prospect. A lot of great schools did come in to recruit him, but I think DeWan wanted to stay at home, and uh, we're sure glad he
0: did. Yeah. And so he comes over to Miami and a few weeks into his freshman year, he actually gets in, into a bit of trouble. He gets into a fight. And uh, you had a quote that stood out to me. You said, you know, despite what happened at this Florida State road trip, you said, I felt like DeWan was a terrific kid, a good person. And when there's a blip on the radar like that, as a coach... You feel responsible for helping a kid to learn from it, to make sure it doesn't happen again. And nothing did happen again in terms of his behavior at Miami. Why were you so sure only a few weeks into his tenure at Miami that he was that good kid?
1: Well, first of all, during the recruiting process, you get to know a young man pretty darn well. And we were already aware that, you know, when you come from from a community here that's I'll, I'll, I'll say guys are pretty tough, that, that it's, it's not unusual at a high school where there's a lot of competition uh, for not only just on the court or on the football field, but even in y- your school, you know, because uh, young kids like to date girls and, and girls become very popular. And, you know, if two guys like the same girl, they'll get into an argument. But with one, we were so confident and comfortable with letting him know that, hey, we will help you through this because even though it happened and we would have preferred it didn't happen, we know you're a great role model for this community, that you've overcome a lot of challenges in your life already, and we certainly know that, that you're the kind of person we want in our program
0: and the investment seemed worthwhile you know in his first in his freshman year averages 15 minutes 5 points couple of rebounds and then basically in his in his sophomore season all of those stats doubled and i wanted to know i'm sure he put in a ton of work in between uh those two seasons but could you get maybe sort of on the technical side what specifically did DeWan do during that summer to develop himself into you know a high school prospect and then heading into a sophomore season a real legit NBA prospect?
1: Well, the first thing I would say, when Dewan was a freshman, and all freshmen have to make an adjustment to college, Dewan only weighed about 215 pounds. He needed to get a little bigger and stronger. He needed to work on some of his skills. He really wanted to develop his three-point shot. But he was playing on a veteran team. He had a lot of older guys in front of him. So there was a lot of competition in practice. He earned his playing time, but he was also learning from the older guys. When he became a sophomore, he was the veteran player. He was one of two guys. We had a young man named Abuka Azundu, and they kind of shared that 4-5 that, uh, position. And they played some together. They played. They shared the center position during that year. And Dewan was our leading scorer, leading rebounder during the month of November and December. And then in January, unfortunately for Dewan and unfortunately for Bruce Brown, who's now with the Brooklyn Nets, Bruce broke his foot. And Bruce was the one that was constantly getting the ball to Dewan in good scoring position. So Dewan was averaging about 16 points and 10 rebounds a game until Bruce Brown got hurt. And then his numbers dropped because, quite frankly, we just weren't able to get him the ball quite as frequently in quite as good a scoring position as Bruce was able to do. So we felt at that point DeJuan was showing that he was an NBA prospect, and if, if he continued on that projected path, he could have been a first-round draft choice.
0: I was going to ask you about these practices. I'm sure they were awesome. You had Bruce Brown and another guy that's been doing really well in San Antonio, Lonnie Walker. What I mean, I guess they don't, they don't quite play the same position. Lonnie was sort of a small forward versus Dewan, a power forward. But what were those battles like in, uh, in practice when both of them are sort of vying for supremacy within the Hurricanes? Well, they weren't competing against each other because, of, as you said, they don't
1: play the same position. But we had Bruce Brown, Lonnie Walker, and Dewan Hernandez in our starting lineup. If you add to that, Chris Likes, who's been our leading scorer since his sophomore season, uh, who's now a senior uh, and was projected to be first team all ACC, an injury has sidelined him. But we had a terrific team, and we had a chance to get to the Final Four that year. In fact, if we had Bruce Brown... I would have said our chances of getting to the Final Four were excellent. Because we lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament to Loyola Chicago, and they did go on to the NCAA tournament Final Four. And we lost to them on a buzzer
0: shot, a three-pointer from just inside midcourt. So we were in a position to go on a great run. And not to, I mean, you, you've brought up the painful memory yourself, but I wanted to ask you about that because that ended up being DeWan's last game. Uh, you lose, you know, three-pointer with 0.4 seconds left. Do you remember DeWan in the locker room and how he handled that loss?
1: Well, I, I don't think anybody on our team handled it uh, very well. We felt like we were the better team. We felt like we outplayed them. We felt like we had the lead right at the end. We had a couple of miscues. We rushed a little bit, missed a free throw, uh, missed a, a, a uh, uh, contested, you know, we, we should have contested that last shot much better. Uh, so, unfortunately, we lost that game. Everybody was disappointed. But I meet with my players after the last game of the season every year. And when I met with DeWan, I asked him what he was thinking. And this is a quote from him. He said, I think I've played my last college game. I think it's time for me to move on to the NBA.
0: Really? Because he, wasn't he still supposed to come for his junior season, but then issues, alleged issues with, you know, an agent happened, and so he ended up sitting out his entire junior yeah. year? Um, here's here's what happened.
1: After the season was over, Dewan said he was heading to the NBA. Uh, we did some research for him. He did with NBA scouts and the number of people that said to him "Look, uh, you could potentially get drafted this year but if you have a really good junior year you could potentially be not only a first rounder but maybe a lottery pick and if you keep developing your three point shot and you're back to the basket game you improve your rebound numbers Uh, you know if you go from averaging 10 or 11 a game to 15, 18 a game uh, if you go from 6-7 rebounds to 10 rebounds uh, and you show that, that your ceiling is very high, then you have a chance to get drafted much higher. So after hearing all that information and evaluating the situation, DeWan decided to, to come back to school and work on his game some more.
0: So uh, you mentioned his three-point shot. In his two seasons at Miami, he took a total of four three-point shots. Um I, I imagine that was the optimal way for your system uh, to run, but knowing you know the evolution of the NBA and the three point shot, was there ever a time where you thought I got to get to one some some three point shots here in order to sort of increase his draft stock, or is or is just the Miami team the only real consideration that you go through? Okay,
1: well, first of all, our whole thought process is helping to get guys to the NBA, and I, I think. Uh, Duan practiced more three-pointers during our practice sessions than he did any other shot. We do a lot of three-point shooting drills, but Duan was not a three-point shooter coming out of high school. He might have made one or two, but he he wasn't looking for the three. Uh, In his freshman year, we spent a good bit of time developing his skills, both in and around the basket and at the three-point line. His sophomore year, we continued on that path But you don't want to be shooting shots in college that you don't make. And he wasn't making at a high enough rate to use that as a a sample of, hey, this is what I can do at the NBA level. Plus, the college three is not even as far as the NBA three. So we knew, and we tried to help Duan develop that shot, but we also knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. It wasn't going to happen while he was in college. It was going to happen once he got to the NBA and and he had someone working with him on it daily, even more than we did. And so it wasn't like we discouraged him from doing it. We encouraged him to keep working on that shot. And we worked with him. But uh, once the game began, now, Dwan. Juan wanted to win the game, and the best way for him to do that and help his team was to score in around the basket where he was uh, a lot more proficient.
0: No, and and the development history you have is is, is pretty impressive. I mean, you, like we mentioned Lonnie Walker, Bruce Brown, Shane Larkin, and also, if I'm not mistaken, tell me, Anto- did you coach Antonio Daniels at, Bow- at Bowling Green? Yeah,
1: Antonio Daniels was, as a head coach, my first NBA player. I had a lot of guys that I recruited and coached when I was an assistant. But when Antonio Daniels arrived at Bowling Green in 1993, he was ranked 400th coming out of high school. He was not even considered a Division I player. He only had two scholarship offers, Bowling Green and St. Francis College of Pennsylvania. And he developed each and every year during the course of his career at BG and got to the point where he averaged 24 points a game his senior year. He shot, uh, like, 45% from three, which was a weakness of his coming out of high school, and he ended up the uh, fourth player chosen in the draft. So his development was really sensational. And then when, when uh, we got to, to Miami, our first point guard recruit was Shane Larkin, And he was ranked 118th coming out of high school. And he ended up the ACC player of the year and the 18th player chosen in the first round after being two and done. When Bruce Brown came along, Bruce was ranked very highly, but as a wing player. And we ended up developing him into a point guard, a distributor. And that's why he and Dewan were such a lethal
0: combination. No and I absolutely love the pride of you bringing uh, you know supposedly i suppose overlooked people or at least not properly ranked people into the into the forefront and your coaching style at least from from what i've seen from afar and no we don't know each other personally but it seems like you have a style that's not the classic old school college coach that's really made a big name for himself in terms of like the disciplinarian versus players coach you seem to be a a kind players coach uh, whereas guys like, I don't know, Rick Pitino, Bobby Knight, uh, even Mike Shashevsky, the big names, you, you don't picture them as that kindness first type of guy. Is that, a, first of all, is that actually accurate? And second, how purposeful is your approach to how you deal with your players individually?
1: Well, I was very fortunate enough uh, growing up to go to Archbishop Malloy High School in New York. And I played for uh, a legendary coach, a gentleman by the name of Jack Curran. And Coach Curran never swore. He, he rarely raised his voice unless you were doing something really wrong. He was a teacher and a mentor to me and my inspiration for wanting to get into coaching. And so I don't use vulgarity with my players. I don't ever curse them out or... or uh, you know, scream and yell and, and curse them. Uh, I, I've seen myself throughout my 50-year career as a teacher, and, and I really never had a, an English teacher or a math teacher that screamed and cursed at me. Hmm. So they took their subject, whether it was English or math, and taught me the fundamentals. And that's what we do at Miami, and that's what we've done with all our players, including Dewan Hernandez. Try to teach them the fundamentals, of uh, passing and catching, of uh, blocking out and rebounding, of uh, shooting layups, shooting threes, shooting free throws, uh, playing defense—individual defense, team defense—and helping them develop and becoming cerebral basketball players, where they really do understand the game and how to play with other good players. So I credit my high school coach. I I consider it a compliment for you to say that I'm kind. Hmm. I don't know if my players would describe me that way because I'm also a very serious disciplinarian. Uh we have a, a very simple definition of discipline do what you're supposed to do, do it when you're supposed to do it and do it to the best of your ability each day and time and I, our guys understand that they have great respect for me and my staff and for each other, I think it's a, a a very positive way of coaching.
0: Yeah, and and this this. You, you remembering your teachers definitely resonates with me. My wife's a teacher. My mother's a teacher. My sister's a teacher. And their favorite students are the ones that aren't the easiest, aren't the ones that are the the ones that you kind of got to get to come around before. And, when, and then when they do come around to what your philosophy is, it's that much more gratifying. And they retain that connection with them forever. And I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, a simple one, when uh, Dewan gets drafted 59th overall, second to last, do you remember where you were and what your emotional reaction was to, to hearing that he had been picked? Well, I, I was at home following the draft,
1: and, uh, you know, the 59th pick is the second to last, and so it's very, very late in the evening. I don't remember exactly what time, but as soon as he got picked, I reached out to my associate head coach, Chris Caputo, who had recruited DeWan and I was so thrilled for him and especially his mom. Dewan is very, very dedicated to his mother, Christine, and she was at every one of our games. He was a Miami fan. He spent a lot of time getting to know the other moms. He sat with Bruce Brown's mom at all the games. They became very, very good friends, and then they traveled together to Las Vegas to the NBA Summer League. So we're we're a a basketball program that functions very much like a family. And Dewan is not only close to me and my staff, but also to my wife. DeWan has always been a real gentleman, always so nice to my wife, always friendly. He would leave Let's say uh, one side of the court at our women's basketball game, if he saw my wife come in, he'd get up and cross the court and make it a point of saying hello to her and giving her a hug. Uh, That's the kind of gentleman he is.
0: We love to hear it because he's got that kind of scowl, that kind of permanent scowl on his face whenever he plays. So it's really interesting to hear that that softer side that he has. And in fact, he changed his last name midway through his stint at Miami to Hernandez, to uh, which is her mother's uh, last name. So it's an incredible journey. He's in his second year with the Raptors, and he's in a huge G League month-long sprint where he's got to make an impression and i'm sure like you we are rooting for him to do as well as he can listen coach uh Laranega, we really really appreciate the time you've taken out of the day um and uh, we hope the rest of the season goes well and that everyone stays healthy down in coral gables and uh if you and we just we just really really appreciate it okay andrew thanks for calling <laughs>